Boker Tov. We're now going to begin. It's Chodesh Tov. We begin Rosh Chodesh El. We just heard the shofar. So for this month, we're going to learn the Sefer Bayam Darkecha in regards to the month of Elul and the holidays of Tishrei. And we're going to be learning it uh, starting today since it's Rosh Chodesh, and then Monday through Thursday in the afternoon. And then next Friday, we'll do another topic because we want to do a different topic on Fridays. And we'll do the, uh, the Gates of Prayer from Rav Pincus. But uh, today, we're going to start with Elul. And we're going to be on Elul for a good part of the first few weeks of Elul. Uh, the Sefer Bayam Darkech, again, is from the teaching of Rav Yitzchak Meir Morgenstern that his students produced from the various shurim that he gave. So we're going to start on page Chaf Gimel, where he has a one-page short introduction to the month of Elul. And then we'll get into the chapters dealing with this. And he says that... Uh, we're entering wondrous days in the month of the holy month of Elul, which are days filled of light and closeness to Hashem, where we can merit an arousal of a holy inner fire to return to Kodesh Baruch Hu. And of course, we know Elul stands for Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li. I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me, which makes them days of mercy and days of forgiveness. These days are a preparation for the coming year to a renewed kingdom that's going to start in Tishrei. And therefore, on these days, Hashem gets closer to us more than the usual so we can prepare ourselves properly for Rosh Hashanah. And through a proper preparation, we will merit a new year to stand in an even closer place to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to properly enter and to connect in a renewed way with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because every year we begin a new kingdom and a new bond between the creatures and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this new bond begins on Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, continues through the 10 days of Tshuva, gets elevated on Yom Kippur, gets strengthened on Sukkot, and reaches its climax on the eighth day of Shemini Atzeres, where the compute, complete unification with Hashem takes place, the complete bonding between the Jewish people and their Father in Heaven. And therefore, uh, for all these holy days, there are unique points, as will be explained, and every one of these times shines a certain light, and it's like another row of bricks on a wall that we're building up. So as we go through, we'll explain the different stages. But right now we're talking about the month of Elul, which is the month of laying down the foundations. And two main things have to happen. Number one is to understand properly the reality and thereby to connect to Hashem in a proper inner way. And the second is to clean ourselves and remove and to leave the evil so we could start in a new, in a good fashion. And in these days, it's very, it's much easier to merit these goals because there's those are days that are prepared for arousal and to enter into the inner world. And with these days, it is as it were that Hashem comes down to us to open up gates of returning to Hashem. And the more that we under we prepare ourselves properly during these days, 
and we enter into the king's chamber, to that degree we will merit to uh, purify ourselves, to um, clean ourselves from the past, and most importantly, to grab on from now on the proper service to Hashem and to connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's how the new kingdom will renew in a deeper way, and we can uh, receive all these great sparks, so to speak. And in the footnote at the bottom, he says, because on the one hand, all the Jewish people are called B'nai Malachim, princes. And every Jew, even if he doesn't prepare himself property, properly, he still will merit the light of these days. On the other hand, Hashem certainly gives a person according to his deeds. And according to the levels that a person tries to come close to Hashem, and the more his preparation, so too will he receive much more of that light. So that's the opening introductory paragraph. And now on page Chavay, uh, we begin the first chapter. Now, this first essay is five chapters long, if I'm not mistaken. It's really not even the first, yeah, Peric, oh, yeah. So this is, the first essay is five chapters, and the name of the chapter, and really, this is all he's going to really say about El. So it's called, chapter Aleph is Mahi Hachuva. What is Chuva? Okay. So he says, he begins, he says, a lot of people ask in their hearts, what is the essence of these days of Chodesh El? What is the Avodah Lamaisa? What's the practical observance that we should have in El? Besides hearing the shofar and saying, L'david Hashem Ori what else is there to the month of El? And for Svartim, they already start saying, Slichos. Why? They don't start on Rosh Chodesh. Uh-huh, okay. So start on Sunday. So on the one hand, we know that the days of Elul are called days of mercy and forgiveness. And uh, because Hashem obviously forgives and pardons us and brings us close to Him in love. So these are days of love. As we have the acronym of Anila Dodi Vidodi Li, I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. And it has been established for generations that from the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, who went up for those 40 days in the month of Elul to bring back the second Luchos, is to arouse mercy. So the month of Elul is a month where a lot of mercy of Hashem is available, and a lot of love of Hashem is available. On the other hand, the month of Elul is a preparation for the Day of Judgment, which is Rosh Hashanah. And we then begin to say, from Rosh Hashanah on, we say, Confessions. And we say slichos. So therefore, Elul would become a, a way of preparing ourselves to have fear and trepidation and the service of inspecting our ways and fixing things up. So it's two ways. And in the footnotes, he brings from Rabbeinu Yonah, the Rishon, who explains about the Aser Shemei He say, one who fears the word of Hashem his heart will be fearful inside of him when he knows that all his actions are going to be written into a safer. And he says at this time, Hashem brings to judgment everything we've done, even things we've forgotten, whether it's good or it's evil. Because a person is judged on Rosh Hashanah, 
and the ultimate judgment is sealed on Yom Kippur. And when a person knows he has to bring a judgment before a physical king, he'd be very much afraid and he'd look for all kinds of advice on how to get out of the judgment in a successful way. And uh, he would be spending days and nights clarifying and searching out ways uh, to uh, figure out how to succeed. So the same thing with Hashem. We should be very concerned that a big judgment is coming up for us. And the truth of the matter is, in footnote Tess, he says, the fact is the days of judgment themselves of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is a contradiction. Because Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment. And Yom Kippur is a day of mercy and pardoning. And if you really get into the details, every day there's a uh, contradiction because Rosh Hashanah, even though it's a day of judgment, we also say about Rosh Hashanah, Hashem the, the, the joy and love that Hashem has for us is your strength. So you see, there's, there's joy that Hashem has for us on, on Rosh Hashanah. And on the other hand, Yom Kippur, which is on the one hand is um, a day of pardon and forgiveness, but it's also sealing the judgment. So there's a constant duality throughout this high holiday period. That's question number one. Question number two, that's uh, a lot of people have about the month of Elul, is so when a person makes a true calculation, how the year has passed. So we know every heart knows the misery of its soul. And we can remember, we start looking into things, we look at our failures that happened in the year, and that can bring a person to sadness and depression. And that's something very painful that can cause that, uh, we'll, that we'll feel our whole engagement with tshuva is a very hard and difficult process. It's not a pleasant process. To such a point that because of this, people don't even want to be involved in thinking about doing tshuva. I don't want to think about it. If I'm going to really look at my avodas Hashem, if you really want to be honest, it may not be such a pretty picture. And therefore, it makes it a very difficult process. In footnote Yud, he says, and sometimes there's an extra difficulty where Dafke in Chodesh Elo where the person feels the falling of his levels in his service of Hashem. And instead of feeling close and elevated, they see the contradictions in their lives and the difficulties. And instead of feeling the light, they feel small. So it's a, it's a, a month you don't really want to deal with. Another issue, he says on top again, that a person can fall into despair and say, how am I going to fix everything in one month? because this is not the first Elul I've gone through and perfection is very far away from me. And a person may think, how will uh, this year, how will I succeed in this year where I have not succeeded in the past? A person has had lots of trouble controlling his anger and it doesn't seem to have helped much, so how's it gonna help this year? A person has lots of trouble not having kavona and davening, so what's gonna happen this year? And in footnote Yudalif, he says, especially there are people who each and every year, when they make a cheshben anefesh in the month of Elul, and they see they got to work on the same thing they said they were going to work on last Elul. And the same um, resolutions you made last Elul, 
are the same resolutions you're going to try to make this Elul. So we get a we get a feeling that we haven't really changed much, and I haven't progressed in the whole year, and that causes despair in your service of Hashem, because if you feel you're not successful, so if you don't feel you're successful, why should you try again? So this is some of the feelings. Now there's a lot of people who just don't bother to think about anything, and that's what we always have. Elul always has a lot of other things going on. It, oh, it depends. If this year, L is early. So what are you talking about? People are still going on vacation. What are you talking about? It's two more months in August. You're going on vacation. Have fun. Two more weeks. Why should I? Till Labor Day, you know, it's going to be half of L will be gone. So I got to go to the cottage. I got to do this. I got to do that. Road trips. So you're very busy with that. Or if it's later and then comes the beginning of school. School year and things like that. And in general, September, work, get back to real work and things like that. So that's a real easy way out. I can avoid the whole Elul process because I'll be busy with a lot of things. And if you follow sports, as the month goes on, you have the playoffs and all these things um, that keep people very busy. Okay? So this is unfortunately the way people, either, either people don't think about Elul at all, or they're not thinking about Elul at all, they're not listening to this class. If you're thinking, it's kind of depressing. So the tzaddik tells us the truth is this all depends on how the person views the month of Elul and how he views this avoda of Elul and what is tshuva specifically and what in general and what is the month of Elul specifically. If a person comes to understand the true inner service of tshuva, then a person will go with confidence in Hashem's mercy and he will merit to look forward to the light that shines in the month of Elul. And he'll elevate himself to get much closer to Hashem and will acquire a very true acquisition in these holy days in his Avodah Hashem. So this is the first point of the question, what is tshuva without the answer? So now, this was like the introduction to this essay. Yes, sir. Aren't, you, aren't, we, aren't we being judged on the whole year? And we're, 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 it, 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 it just seems to me like, what, what have we been doing up until El? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, how can we start evaluating and, and judging ourselves and looking into our ways when, when most of the year has already elapsed? Well. Coming from an accountant, I'm surprised you're asking that question. What do I mean? When do most people think of their taxes, my friend? The deadline is April 30th, right? When do you get most of your calls when you were very active in your business? When did they come? Did they come in July? No. They came in April. Last minute. Right. So, so and, and if they didn't, you know, you, you wouldn't, you know. You'd have a much more relaxed job if they came months in advance. But people start thinking about it when it comes time for the deadline. So you're right, you're right. That every day you should be making a cheshmer and efforts. That's true. But now you're coming, it's the year end. And everybody makes a calculation on the year end. How has the, uh, the year gone? And you reflect because we're starting a new year. The whole point is, whether we like it or not, there's a new kingdom coming on the first of Tishrei, and are we ready for that coronation? 
So he said, no, if you're ready, you got to see how did the last year go. Now, a smart person checks every day and every Rosh Chodesh. And and even if you do, but still, you got to now look at the year. And, you know, sometimes you could be improving little by little. You have to look back. A year ago, where was I? Where am I now? So now, in chapter one, he discussed what is the essence of tshuva. And he says the difficulty that people have in this month of Elul comes from the fact that they think that the avoda of tshuva is to strengthen oneself and to succeed and to reach perfection in his action and in his conduct. He says we're looking that we have to be perfect. But the truth is that's not tshuva. Tshuva is not being a perfect person. Tshuva, tshuva comes word shuv to return, to return to Hashem, to live a spiritual life, to believe in Hashem, to live with Hashem, and to cling to Hashem. That's what tshuva is. And here becomes a very important point. He's going to say, and he's going to repeat it a number of times. I, but there are parts to tshuva. Three main parts, according to Rebbein 20 steps. Regretting the past, that's a step. Confession is a step. Resolution to the future to fix up is these, those are steps. And here's the critical point. He says, all those are only conditions of tshuva. But the essence of tshuva in the inner core is to return to live with Hashem because you recognize his reality and his kingdom. The core of tshuva is to return to Hashem. Now there's steps that are involved, but let's not confuse the the means with the ends. That's a very important point. And then in footnote Yudbeis, he says, and the truth is, if people think that tshuva is perfection of your service, Nobody can ever be perfect. And any and the opposite. If anybody thinks he's already perfect, okay, and you and you act as if you are perfect, from Shemaim we give you all kinds of situations to show you that you're not so perfect. Guy says, Oh, I'm the, I'm so relaxed now. I'm so I'm so calm in my vote Hashem. Hashem goes, Oh, you think you are? I'm gonna show you that you're not. Because Hashem does not want arrogant people that they think that they can make themselves perfect. Hashem wants us to serve Him from an inner love and from a recognition that Hashem gives you the ability to succeed. As the Gemara says, without Hashem's help, we will not succeed. Hashem is not looking for you to be a perfect person. There's very few people only the biggest of the biggest tzaddikim are perfect. Hashem is not interested in perfect people. Because if he was, he would have made us that way. Okay? Now, and that, and but so there are, um, what did we say, conditions of tshuva, but that's not the essence of tshuva. The Pasuk says, V'shavta ad Hashem and you will return to Hashem your Lord. Why? What does that mean? Because when a person sins, by definition, you are distancing yourself from Hashem. 
When you choose to sin, you're choosing to distance yourself from Hashem. Because, and even if you don't realize it, your soul certainly realizes far from Hashem. But the truth of the matter is, you never can really be far from Hashem because Hashem is the essence of life. And therefore, what do the sins really do? It makes, as we say, a foreskin over the heart. You don't feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's feeling is right inside your neshama. And you should be feeling it strongly. But the sins conceal the, um, stim the sensitivities of the soul to feel that connection to Hashem. So you feel you're far from Hashem. So tshuva is just to... So to get closer. Now what got you to be far from Hashem? The sins. Okay, so let's deal with that. But that's only for the purpose of getting closer to Hashem. And now if you say, I want to return to Hashem. I want to cling to Hashem. I want to live and feel Hashem. As the Pasuk says, Im tashuv Yisrael num Hashem. If you want to return Jewish people, says Hashem, Eli tashuv, return to me. And in footnote Yudalit it says, because as long as a person turns his back on Hashem and his heart is far away from Hashem, so, uh, so therefore Hashem will, will relate to him, conduct himself as if Hashem is far from him. The way you feel about Hashem, that's the way Hashem will respond to you. So if you feel you're far from Hashem, you do have arrows. And when you're doing Averis, you obviously are not feeling close to Hashem. Because if you really feel close to Hashem, how would you do an Avera? Did you ask yourself, does Hashem want you to do this? No, He doesn't want me to do this. Now either you don't think about, you don't ask the question, and you're already far from Hashem. If you don't consider Hashem and what you do. Uh, let's make a simple example of this. Okay, we're all married. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, how close are you to your wife? Well, question, the answer is, well, when you make any decisions, yeah. do you think about your wife when you're making the decision? So, for example, let's say, right after davening, you decide you're going to go to Chicago. <laughs> you're going to drive right to the airport and go to Chicago. And you're going to stay there for the weekend. And you don't tell your wife. Would you say you're far away from your wife? Not just geographically? <laughs> oh, why didn't you ask her? What am I not thinking about her? What? You're not thinking about her? Or you are thinking about her saying, I hate her guts and I want to be near her. Whatever, yeah. whatever it is. So, so a person, if you do an Avera, it's like, you know, you're going to Chicago without telling your wife. So, so that you're obviously, you don't feel close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what's tshuva? Is tshuva stopping to go to Chicago? That's not the tshuva. That's a symptom. The tshuva is to get closer to your wife again. If you get closer to your wife, then you're never going to think about going to Chicago without telling her. Right? So you got to change the behavior, but that's not the core. The core is the feelings and the attitude that you have. So now when you're going back to Hashem, that's the core of tshuva. Yeah? If Hashem feels that once we don't want to be close to him, he says, okay, you don't want to be close to me, mm -hmm. that's it's okay, go ahead, I won't be close to you. Doesn't Hashem have a way to bring us back to him to like to make it easier for him to get back to him? Only, if, good question, only if we want to. Again, let's use a parable, which he's going to use in a minute. Let's say you have a child. And the child is getting into all kinds of mischief. And the child leaves home. 
Can you force him to be home? No. No. You could offer, but he could say no. Now, you're going to run after him with the police and catch him and force him to come back into your house? No. No. So you can only be as close to the child as the child wants to be close to you. You could try. But, but you make facilities to make him feel that way. Like but if he doesn't feel... to help him out. If he doesn't feel that way, if he doesn't want to... No, no, because he doesn't feel you have to make things... But even if you do, the guy's not interested. Wow. And if he's not interested, you can't force yourself upon him. So how him. do you bring him back? Ah, that's up to the person. <laughs> what? That's it's up to the person. It's up to your child. The person already decided you could, he goes you away. Could, then there's nothing you could do. But you could, yeah, you could send that. letters from time to time. He has to come to him if a child... So that's what I mean. You have to make an effort but, but to bring him back. It's the effort. Yeah. It's there. But when the child is distant, then there's not much more you can do. And then every effort is felt like a threat and they even go further away from you. Yeah. At the end of the day, you got, as they say, you got to give them space. Yeah. Isn't that what they say? You got to give them space. Yeah, give them space, that's what happens. No, but you, no. Get, but you give them the space and, the and, you, and you say, whenever the door, whenever you want to come back, the door, we never lock the door at night. You tell them the door is always open. We're never locking the door. You come yeah, in well, any that's door. Way, yeah. But that's it. But that, but the guy wants to be away. You can't make yourself any closer. Just can't. Person's not interested. You can't force it. So <coughs> Hashem says, "Listen, the door is always open, but I can't do anything to make you come to me because it's got to come from your own desires." This concept Hashem cannot do anything. Because that will, if he, but otherwise you have no free will. If I said, you, the free will you decided, you decided to leave. So you're yeah, going to have to decide and you have to decide to come back. Come back. Yeah, exactly. If a forces you to come back, yeah, now things can happen. You know, you it's left Hashem. Hashem's not protecting you anymore. And now all of a sudden a lot of bad things can happen to you. Yeah. And maybe if you're smart enough, ah. you'll think ever since I left home, ah. things have become bad. And my father said, the door is always open, so maybe I should come back. That's a help, yeah. But it's still, we're not forcing it. We can't no. be close if he doesn't allow us to be close. Yeah. Okay? Okay. And in footnote, Yudalit, he says, as long as a person turns his back and heart away from Hashem, so Hashem acts as if he's distant from him. Acts as if he's distant. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as the person decides to return, he now, Hashem will act as he's beloved and he takes him right away. Hashem is a merciful parent. He loves every Jew and he knows as an inner holy part of the Jew with virtues, just like a parent who loves a child knows the good of the child and doesn't give up on the good of the child. And it's clear that for a parent, if the child rebelled against him and made himself filthy and dirty, and even though the parent is looking forward to see that the child should improve his behavior, but he still loves him under all circumstances. And he's waiting for the child to return and to admit his mistake and want to come back. And when the child does return, the father certainly accepts him with joy, even if he hasn't fixed everything up the way it should be. So therefore, even though we personally have sinned, Hashem loves us a lot, and every Jew is beloved to Hashem like an only child, and there's tremendous mercy upon us, 
And all we need to do is make the decision to get up, get out of the dirt, and return to Hashem. And specifically because that, Hashem gives us the power of tshuva that we can repair things and make things cleaned up in a moment. It's possible. You get that aha moment, and you realize, this is crazy, I'm going back. And if at the Yetzirah's job is to fool us, and say, you know, Hashem's not interested in you. How could Hashem love you? Such a bum. Look what you've done. Hashem's angry at you for everything we did. You have no hope to get back to Hashem. So here is the core of tshuva, is to return to Hashem, not to be perfect. That's the first step of tshuva. Now, there'll be details that have to happen, but that is the first part, that you want to come back. And this is a very, this is the most difficult step. Because there's a lot of Jews who they're very comfortable without Hashem. And their relationship with Hashem is a very distant one to begin with. Whatever, you get used to certain habits. Let's say you're used to, from being a little child, you went to Shul on Shabbos. Okay, so you go to Shul on Shabbos. And why do you go to Shul on Shabbos? Well, you know, friends, tradition, whatever I got. I, I do have some connection to the Jewish people, so it's a place to be with Jewish people. But when I'm in shul, I don't really feel any closeness to Hashem or things like that. So such a person is not interested in returning. Now Hashem loves us, and He will provide circumstances that if we're awake, we'll notice that maybe we should come back to Hashem. That can happen under all circumstances. It can happen, Hashem can start having that He doesn't help you anymore. You're losing all your money. You're losing your health. And you have to, and Hashem said, maybe you should think about it. Maybe maybe if you come back to me, things will be better. Isn't or maybe Hashem gives you all kinds of blessings, and maybe if you'd recognize the blessings, you'd want to come back to Hashem. So there's always feelers out there, but you have to make the decision yourself. That's the core of tshuva, is to say, I want to be back. Really, really, you are close to Hashem. You're inseparable, Hashem, but you don't feel it. You don't think you are. So it really is this thought that I can be closer to Hashem. The Yetzirah is going to tell you all kinds of things. Why do you want to be close to Hashem? It's just a bummer. Being close to Hashem means you sit for hours in a synagogue and you don't enjoy yourself. <laughs> Being close to Hashem means you can't eat trade. Being close to Hashem means you can't speak. Being close to Hashem means you can't do anything. It's like being in a communist state. That's what the Yetzirah is saying. He's, well, the Yetzirah is saying your loving father hates you. And that's, of course, that happens. Sometimes children think their parents hate them because they're so far gone. If they're not given everything they want, they, uh, they, they feel their parents hate them. On the other hand, parents say, I love you. I don't want you to, to be what you're becoming. Right? So that becomes an incredible, important point. So this, if we understand what it really is, is just to return to a loving father. So now you got to think about it. Is Hashem a loving father? Is he not a loving father? You got to do the things that give you that understanding. And that's why years ago, many years ago, when we learned the Chovas Halvavos, before we got to the ideas of tshuva, first we got to the gate of uh, recognizing what Hashem does for us. And there were 30 different things, if you think about how much Hashem loves us. And that's why I said that's one of the things we should be doing in Elul. And it could even maybe still be on the old website. I don't remember. 
that you know every day look at the things Hashem has done to show you that He loves you. And maybe if you really look at how much Hashem loves you, you could maybe think, well, maybe it's worthwhile for me to get back with Hashem because He really loves me. And that is really what Anila Dodi Vidodi Li is really all about. It's can we re- restore this tremendous love for Hashem? And the only reason it can be missing in people is because we don't spend time thinking about it. And we don't re- recognize everything Hashem is doing for us every moment that we should recognize that Hashem really loves us and really I should be a bit ashamed for not coming back. Now that becomes steps. But the tshuva itself is I want to be close to you, Hashem. That's a feeling. To develop that feeling of getting close to Hashem is not that hard. And once you want to be close to Hashem, then you'll want to stop doing certain negative behaviors that have made the relationship very difficult. So that is the key. If we understand, then that's the core. And that's why we say, where David is is expressing the tremendous uh, security he has with Hashem, how much he wants to be with Hashem. He doesn't say any words about doing tshuva. Look in Ladovid Hashem, we're going to say it over a hundred times. Nowhere does David say, I want to, I'm repenting from my sins. There's other chapters in Tehillim for repenting from sins. Ladovid is one thing. I only ask for one thing to be with you, Akadish Baba, and I trust you, and you'll take care of me no matter what's going on. We have to engender this love to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and a desire to want to come back to Hashem. And what the avoda of Elul has to be, we have to say to ourselves, do I feel close to Hashem? Do I not feel close to Hashem? Could I feel closer to Hashem? Why do I not feel closer to Hashem? Is it a good place to be in to not feel close to Hashem? Is this a happy place? And what are the things that make me feel closer to Hashem? Praying? Praying? I don't feel closer to Hashem. Why? Ask yourself why. Right? Ask yourself why learning doesn't. There's got to be, you got to get deep into the weeds. And say, why am I constantly staying far away from Hashem? And is it worthwhile? If we're not going to get to that point, what, you know, okay, everyone's making commitments. Everyone's making resolutions. But you know from the beginning you're not going to keep it. You don't care about being close to Hashem. If you really care, like you went to Chicago, you didn't tell your wife, oh man, did she give it to you when you come back three weeks later? It's like World War III and this and that, and you realize, man, what a stinker I was, this and that. It's not enough for you to tell, okay, I won't go to Chicago anymore. You got to do things to restore the relationship. And then, of course, you won't go to Chicago again. But until you feel that closest to Hashem, then... There's no tshuva going to happen. So we have a whole month to work on this aspect of really internalizing how much Hashem is waiting for us and He loves us. And to say, I want to be back in Hashem's arms. And when you want to be back in Hashem's arms, then you'll do the steps. Of course you're going to do the steps, but it's not going to be so hard and so heavy. But rather, you're going to feel good being closer to Hashem. So this is our introduction to be continued over the week uh, next week. Okay, that's your question, everybody.